0: everybody. This is Shane Douglas Keen, and I'm here with my co-host, Rich Rich Hightower. Sure, why not? Rich Duncan and Laurel Hightower. Um, Same two people they were last week, just in the wrong fucking order for me, apparently. Um, And we are Ink Heist, obviously, because I'm stupid. Um, And we're here talking to Michael Clark this evening. Michael, welcome.
1: Hello, and thank you for having me.
0: Uh, It's good to talk to you finally, man. It's been a long time coming. Um, Why don't you, for our listeners who aren't familiar with you totally, why don't you give a little bit of rundown about who you are and what you do and all that jazz?
1: Sure. Um, I think that I'm probably different than anybody else in that Twitter community in that um, I read when I was a kid – And then I got away from it when, um, I don't know, college and fatherhood and marriage and divorce and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe I started in movies. Um, I saw Jaws in the theater when I was nine, so there's my age for you. Um, I think also that um, movies like Halloween and Dawn of the Dead and Alien were um, big influences. And then um, they were going to make *The Shining*, and my copy, of my book uh, copy of *The Shining* was the the yellow paperback that was the movie poster. I don't know if you remember that version, but um, you know it said "soon to be a major motion picture" on it. And I was I was like, okay, great. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to watch the movie. And you know they were both great. You know, like I, the movie's obviously different, but um, that began kind of a, a, a tradition for me, where if I saw soon to be a major motion picture on the on the book cover, I, and I and it looked halfway decent, I would read it and then and then go see the movie after, and then of course you know the, the book is always better. But um, so, uh, you know, I, I read Stephen King and almost Stephen King exclusively from that point until through the Tommyknockers, and I tried. I read um, Ghost Story, you know Peter Straub, and I I didn't really like it as much. I tried a Dean Koontz, didn't really like it. I think I read um, um what's Brian Lumley's book there uh, Necroscope, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I never got into Clive Barker either. So uh, pretty much Stephen King until you know um, Tommyknockers, and then. Uh, that was 87 or so so you know thereabouts um, graduated from college in 88 and then you know adulthood started and then I started writing in 2017 so that's just about exactly 30 years of you know not reading a heck of a lot I I've, I've been reading a hell of a lot more this year than I have in the last 30 years I did get into Michael Crichton during that time with uh, you know Jurassic Park and I did I think I read his whole catalog. I liked Thomas Harris and, and uh, Silence of the Lambs and all that stuff. Uh, also, read things that are not horror, like, you know, Into Thin Air and that kind of thing. But yeah, so now 2017 comes around, and I'm like, you know, and I'm also 54 years old, and I start to see ideas coming around again, like ad nauseum almost. You know, Batman is is back but um you know we're gonna reboot it and uh pet cemetery we're gonna reboot that we're gonna reboot it and we're gonna reboot everything there's no like new ideas and i'm like you know I i have some ideas i'm gonna start writing something and i had no idea about anybody in the in the horror community that that i'm i feel like i'm a part of now on twitter um i have comments about that too if we can come back to that oh yeah but you know um like, we should be – there should be more of us that are making money or, or making movies, you know. Like, we should – we need more bird boxes and that kind of thing. Um, I, I did a little tweet on that today, too, about crossing into the mainstream. But um, that's a little side note. But, um, yeah, I think that um, I'm, I'm kind of a newcomer after living a, a, an entire life of seeing it all happen and then seeing it start to be regurgitated. So – I was a little frustrated with that, so I, I put, uh, not pen to paper, but I, I started typing. So pretty much that.
0: Uh, you know, I, that's anytime I say I'm writing, I say, oh, I picked up my pen. And I haven't picked <laughs> up a, I think I picked up a pen for the first time today in three years.
1: Could you read your writing? Because I can't read mine anymore. <laughs> no,
0: I really can't. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to lead on to. The first one of the first things you talked about was, um, and mentioned a couple times, as being 54. Um, wow. I am 55. 55. Yep, and it's a I subject that. I th- I think because of because of the age group that I think about a lot. Um, there are actually some pretty, pretty major authors when you think about that, uh, Chandler, Raymond Chandler started in his fifties, Wilder published her first novel in like her sixties, um, Tolkien was, Tolkien was in his forties, you know, I mean, a lot of big names, Twain was 40, Adams was 52 or something like that, um, Almakatsu, who we talked to recently, what was she, you guys, 55 or 50?
2: I think it was maybe 50 when when she got published and then she's been she's been writing for
0: 10 years. Right. Right. That is what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, man, you're not you're not alone in that group. And there's hundreds more. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So good company. Yeah. Yeah. Good inspiration, too. That's Um, what.
2: Yeah. I like the inspiration portion of it. And I mean, I, I love that that's something that you know, that you talk about Mike, because like I had, <laughs> it's been a while, but I remember someone tweeting about like, I'm 30. Am I too old to start? And I'm like, Oh God, well, if you are, then I'm going to hang up because. <laughs> oh <was> a-
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
1: you know, there's a whole thing too, with, um, people that go through the traditional way, which I did not, obviously I, I self publish, which, you know, I made a billion mistakes and uh, i be happy to share those with you too. Um, uh, if we get to it, but, um, People that are coming up and they're like, you know, oh, I, I need to submit and I need to – you know, these are things I've never even done to date, you know, like – and, and they, they get beaten up by that whole process. It's just um, – you know, you can't give up. you got to do – either got to go one way or the other, and if you're, you know, quitting at 30, uh, you you got a long way to go. I, I totally agree.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I, I get why people – I don't know, have those concerns, you know, because sometimes there are some kind of odd societal expectations or maybe family expectations or just personal ones, um, you know, that make people feel like they're they're too old to start over, or they're too old to start something. And I think that's part of what I love about Twitter is just seeing how, you know, it just spans the breadth of, of people, of ages, of experience, of family life. I mean, that kind of thing. And I just, I, I love, I love, I love seeing that. I love seeing, you know, the success stories on that.
1: Yeah, and you know I would say what, 99% of of this Twitter community it does it as a hobby. I mean, we make a few bucks here and there, but um you know, I think you and I talked months ago and uh, I think we started talking on Twitter in December and, and like DMing and stuff. And I think you had you said you hadn't made a profit at that point. I know for sure I still haven't made a profit because you know, everything costs money. Um, made mistakes with uh, Amazon ads, that kind of thing. I don't want to get into your your business or anything, but we're doing this as a hobby, and we do it for the love. And I think it's a damn shame that, um, you know, we've only had, you know, Bird Box, and then I know Paul Tremblay's got something in the works that, who knows, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s company there, Team, team uh Downey or whatever. Who knows if it'll ever get made? And I I, I heard your your podcast with him. Uh, we need more crossover hits, you know, to to, to get attention um, as a community. I think um, I think that's the way to making money is 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 through movies. Unless you have this huge catalog, um, and you can you know um, build on that and and get uh, x Dollars of of per book per month for an income, but um, I don't know. I'm doing one of these things. I I'm going to lose my train of thought in a second, Shane. I I know
0: I listen and and (laughs) and I
1: know you do too, but uh, I'm going to do the same exact thing. And
0: uh, I'm sorry, what were you talking about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, like I I was listening to you and and to you know the other podcasts, and it seems like everybody does lose their train of thought and and I was like I went on the deadhead space one uh, yes, a little while yeah, ago that was great yeah they're great guys and and it was fun we had a lot of fun and of course I lost my train of thought I'm like I don't want to do it I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it Of course you do it so tonight That's I was good. gonna try like okay if somebody asks me a question I'm gonna write down like a keyword and then I'm gonna talk and then I'm gonna have that keyword on the paper and I'm going to go back to it. So I'm, to, I'm just telling you up front, I'm going to try that trick. Of course, I've already lost my train of thought. I was going to
0: say, though,
2: I've oh, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, I,
0: uh, I, My problem is is I tried the whole keyword thing, and I don't fucking remember to look down and see what the keyword is. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> That's when you
1: hit the mute button, right?
3: <laughs>
0: it's, it's after all of the podcast is over and everyone else is in bed, I look down at that little piece of paper and go, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did I write that down? At least I mean, you can edit.
1: <laughs> You've got the edit button there. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh well, what the hell? Well, I was going to say? Uh, I mean, where, I, where I, was that coming from? I was talking about we need more hits from from horror and uh I guess people Where was it? Where were we? Go ahead and start fresh if you want to.
2: Well, no, I think that's I mean, I think that's, you know, that's where you are was talking just about how to get more attention, I think, on the community. And it's interesting because when you talk about how you came to horror, you know, specifically from uh, picking up books that that were going to be made into movies, you know, and making that connection. I think that that is I think that's an interesting observation, too, um, you know, because, yeah, it's it's like I think a lot of us had the experience of having, you know, before we sort of immersed more in indie horror, not being able to find much horror you know, and even being like, I'm, I'm a hardcore lifelong horror fan and I couldn't find it.
1: You know, what's weird. Like I yeah, know you're same. younger than me and, and I, I've, I heard, um, Ken McKinley on, I think it was the Deadhead space or maybe it was yours, but he, he was, I think it was theirs. It was their most recent one where it was like, ask the publisher or something. And he was saying that the nineties were like a, a wasteland for horror. And, um, I'm looking at my timeline here where I, you know, read Tommy Knockers which I had to look up came out I think in 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 87 and I missed that blackout, you know, like I was in on the good stuff and then I missed the 90s. Of course I missed a lot more than that <laughs> too because I started writing in 2017. But you probably grew up during that time when it was uh, you know, a dry spirit a dry period there. Um, yeah. but yeah, I agree. Like it, it's been lame. I mean, go look on Netflix right now at, at, you know, the horror section and dear Lord, it's, it's, you know, there are some bad movies in there. <laughs> and I, I thought when I wrote Patients of a Dead Man that, um, oh boy that, you know, I thought it'd be bigger than it was because I, I had no idea about publishing or, or anything like that. And I, I thought like, you know, well, there's only Stephen King because I didn't know about <laughs> all you folks. You know, but why are you guys being um, ignored? You know, that's my my question because I'm I've read a bunch of the books that you've recommended, um, tons of them. You know, Todd Keesling. I'm I'm reading. I'm finishing up um, Devil's Creek very soon. I'm like I'm like 80% in it. Really good book. I've read John Bowden, I've read uh, read uh, Gemma Moore. Uh, Chad Ludsky, I read, um, of course, Whispers in the Dark, Andrew Cull, I mean, these are good stories, and and why isn't there, why aren't, why are we watching, uh, you know, some of these bad movies on Netflix when these could be, could be shows, you know, like, it's, it's mind-boggling, because none of these people are millionaires, and they would sell their story, and uh it just I, I don't understand because they're good books.
0: Yeah, the yeah. problem is is that mainstream supports mainstream, so our, all the marketing is designed to be aimed at you know mainstream mass market, um, you know, know. consumers, and they tend to brush all the indie shit under the carpet. Uh, yeah,
1: that. I guess so. Like, like, yeah. but there's like some really like I'm gonna just. Some of the horror is just ridiculous. Uh, what's the one with, like, it's got, kind of like, a clown guy? Uh, you know, he looks like a horrifying clown. Uh, the Redeemer. Uh,
4: the terrifier. Guy.
1: Terrifier. Yeah. Is it good?
4: Yeah. I, oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it depends on what you're going in there for. Like, if you're going in there for kind of, like, that fun, like, schlocky sort of, like, old okay. school thing that's, like, over the top. Yeah, but um it's pretty good, but uh yeah, kind of to your point about like the indie horror thing, like I think it definitely does need more and like I know all of us have kind of said something similar to like what you said about, you know, there's so many great books out there that could be adapted and you know, it's not a given, but I think like now that we've got so many so many streaming platforms, you know that are Pretty much like hungry for content. Like, maybe you'll see more of it. I think, um, like I think, Shudder. like, yeah, or, yeah, or even yeah. like, even like Netflix and stuff. Um, like, I'm not a hundred percent, so I hope nobody quotes me on this, but I think, uh, like Ron Malfi's Bone White is being like developed. I don't know if it's picked up by anybody yet, but, um, and then, uh, there was, uh, I hope I got his name right, Nathan Ballingrad, uh, the Wounds movie that's on Hulu. And, like, uh, Tim Tim Levin has some stuff. But, yeah, it, it definitely could be more, but I I think, like, especially even after, like, Bird Box, even, and then, like, some of the, you know, Oscar buzz with, the, you know, like, Get Out and stuff, I hope yeah. that, right, that we start to, you know, see more of that stuff get developed, like you said.
1: Yeah, and, and I think... I just saw that they, they put um, the horror section back in Barnes & Noble, or somebody said they did, yeah. which well, I, that blows my mind. I mean, I, I went into one. I uh, hadn't been in in years because uh, we don't have one uh, near where I live, and I was about 40 minutes away, and I'm like, oh, there's a Barnes & Noble. Let's check it out, and I couldn't find the horror section. It's like I just couldn't believe it. You know, I, I could have waited and asked somebody. Uh, we were short on time. But I couldn't even find Stephen King. You know, I'm sure it was there, but I don't know what section it would have been under.
2: Um, I think you're right. I think they merged yeah. it with like thriller or something like that for a while. They didn't. They didn't have one at all.
1: Yeah.
4: For it's me, crazy. it was uh, at my Barnes and Noble anyway. It was just mixed in the general fiction.
1: Mm. Yeah, that is. That's that's a shame. I think. But uh, what are you gonna do? But yeah, we were saying I. I, I I figured it out, and I wrote it down, um, that people are in this, the people in that Twitter community are doing it as a hobby, and they're, they're doing it for love, because, um, I mean, I'm sure some people are making money, but, um, you know, I know that not, not many of them are famous, and they could be making more, at, at the very least, and, uh, I was listening to, I don't know the name of the uh, this other podcast, but, um, there was a uh, a panel with um, Chad Lutsky and uh, Gregor Zane and, and a, a woman I, I, I can't recall her name she was from Midcoast Maine but they were talking about horror and stuff and and Chad Lutsky said that he he hadn't um, you know he was thinking of trying advertising on on Amazon and I was like wow you know that that kind of surprised me um, because he's established and everything and and he and I talked recently uh, on Twitter, which was kind of cool. Um, but you know, I, I wonder about, and I'm no expert on any of this stuff, but uh, how are people promoting themselves? Like, um, I also talked to Christian Gallicar, who said that he, he he had a tweet like a while back that is that he say his name Gallicar? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think so. He said um, that he flew out to Hollywood to talk to some people and it didn't work out but uh, blah 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 and I, I said, Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, what do you think got their attention? And and, and he said something about uh, the Amazon ads. Like you just have to have like a toe in the water, you've got to you know they see it in the in the, the advertising on Amazon when they're looking around for ideas or something. That was his his quote. And then you have somebody like Chad that um, hasn't tried it yet. Like we're all doing our, doing different stuff. And you and I had a talk too, Laurel, um, where you came from a small press. And um, I don't think you were uh, – I don't know. Do you Amazon advertise? It was my impression that you hadn't.
2: No, and that's it's It's interesting. It was a conversation I, I also had with Christian Gallicar um, that was that – the way that it's set up with the press, I don't have the control over the Amazon author, author dashboard, dashboard, I think is, is what it is.
1: Yeah, that's interesting to me, too, because you'd think that the, the publisher would want to um, – I mean, do they not see a value in advertising on Amazon, or do they uh, not want you to invest in yourself or something? You know, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I, I just wonder why that is, I and I know. also don't – i got burned on amazon too like i i was part of this um uh it's a facebook group i think i told you about it. it's called 20 books to 50k which um is for independent uh publishers and this guy told me he writes like tom clancy type stuff and he's like uh what you want to do is you want to go into the top 100 charts, you know, and you, uh, you want to write down the title of all those books. You want to write down the author of all those books and any keywords that go along with those books. And then you go to the next chart that that book falls under and you look up all those. I've got 3,000 keywords going. I spend $70 a day on Amazon ads and, you know, i blah, 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 making tons of money. So I go in there and I... <laughs> I mine, you know, these top 100 lists for titles and names and everything. And, uh, you know, I sit back and the first month, you know, I don't know, say 100 bucks or something and then boom, boom, boom. Then it gets kicking. And you start shutting off, like you can shut off individual authors. Stop me if this is boring too, by the way, because I I'd love to talk horror too. Uh, Sorry to get into the business end of it. But I start shutting off keywords and then... But meanwhile, it's it's taken off like a snowball, and there were a couple months where I paid $500 a month for Amazon advertising and didn't come oh, close to wow. covering. Yeah, like it was, you know, it might have been good for, for this guy uh, to do it that way, but boy, you know, I, I'm not going to obviously not profess to be any kind of an expert on Amazon ads, but there's so many. There, I wish there was a, a good blueprint for. Um, for us, you know, that kind of thing, like a, like a tried and true path, but it doesn't seem like we have a, um, um, I don't know, like a, a knowledge bank that we share information in that way. Where we, y'all, You want to be doing this, you want to be doing that, because I, I guess none of us are kicking butt and millionaires at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I do think that it's I think that that's something that you personally have very much brought to the community, though, Mike, is, is that it's. You know, I, I think in large part, maybe the reason we don't have any sort of central database, because all of us go about it in a different way. Um, yeah. You know, we might get some information in having these, you know, individual one off conversations um, with folks or, you know, if we happen to be in, in a reading or a group or something and and it comes across. But, it, you know, I I mostly just recall that, you know, when you hit the scene, you just really hit the ground running. You know, you you were it was, it was kind of fun to watch because it's, it's also like personality type. I'm very, um, socially awkward, you know, sit sit on the, on the couch by myself in a party, you know, just like not, you know, I'm not going to draw attention to myself. And so when my book published, I was just kind of like, okay, well, this isn't going well. I guess I'll sit here and be sad for, you know, I mean, it's like, I just didn't, you know, I was just very, like, very shy and like, perhaps you as a reviewer would, would like to check this out, you know, and you were just like, have a mug you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think like, it's great 400
1: dollars worth of mugs and i'm like drink up <laughs> i'll give you but a everybody book knows if, your name you drink out of my mug <laughs>
0: george, george tried to drink scotch out of that motherfucker yeah did, i
1: know
0: <laughs> he didn't feel too good the next day
1: no it's over 20 ounces i think i i, yeah. Mean,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's sick <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, I, I just was like, I was, I'm into my book, like I, you know, I I believe in it kind of thing, I like the character, I was, I, I like designing stuff, like I, I would like to, um, I had fun, you know, with the ideas of the cover and the title and the book all, all as a package, I, you know, they all, kind of all come together for me, so... And, I, and I, even as a kid, I used to make like T-shirts and stuff. I used to make like uh, – I had like a little silk screening kit and I would make like a – make my own alien T-shirt or something. And uh, I was always into that kind of thing. Uh, so that, that part is fun and, and I – all the things that I did for, for the patients of Dead Man was just for fun, you know. Of course, it, every little thing costs a little bit of money too. <laughs> but uh, – I don't regret any of it. You know, I, at least I got your attention and I'm on your show tonight, you know. Well, so, exactly. I know. And
2: I mean, um, you know, I look at your Goodreads. You've got like over 200 ratings and, you know, it's it's a really high, really good average. So I and again, yeah, I, you know, I'm I've got a full time job that I love. I'm I'm very unlikely to ever quit. But, you know, a, a big thing for me was was just getting the reviews in um so,
1: I'll you tell know. you how you do it I was I I looked at that too I was like wow you know she was um you know you were not only are you on it you were you were guesting on podcasts when I started on Twitter and I was like well your book came out in December and mine came out the following April so I I kind of look at you as a you know somebody to compare myself to and then you're on this you were guesting on this podcast and I was like Damn it, you know, like oh, I gotta get better at social media, and, and that's when I reached out. And um, now you're hosting it. <laughs> so, so I guess things have moved forward. Uh, at least I'm on it. Um, but you're you're doing fine with with what you're doing. What do you want to do though? Like, what 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 is your goal? Do you want to be a like a, a full time writer, or do you think it's just a hobby? I know you have a two year old too, which is gonna <laughs> slow you down.
2: Yeah, I mean he does, you know, in the best possible way. I I think, yeah. uh, at the moment it's just something that, like I said, it's I have a job that I I love very much and, um, you know, pays my bills and I enjoy my coworkers and you and you I'm have to say that you can
1: <laughs>
2: no they don't you listen can cut it out <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't listen to this show uh, but, <laughs> but um I I really think that uh what I the the main thing that I enjoy out of writing what I really get a kick out of is um, connecting with readers and I know that sounds hokey but uh, when when the guys published you know um, and I just forgot the name of my own fucking short story someone help
0: Crossroads. me the no, short story oh
4: the, Though the, your heart is breaking thank you thank yeah. sorry
0: I jaw. said it, I said it three times and then I turned my <laughs> microphone on <laughs>
2: between us we have one brain but <laughs> <laughs>
0: I read but, that story. you, Rich, I said it three it. times. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: but yeah,
2: I mean, it's it the it's the connection with readers. It's feeling like I have put something on a page that says something to somebody. Um, oh, I love you know, that
1: I'm, too. I I totally right. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I mean, everybody knows who Mildred is. You know, like as she's she's in the lexicon at this point.
1: I hope so. That's cool. I'm nice of you to say that did you get through the book like I not- did
2: yes yeah yeah I always have to read um I usually read like the week of so that it's you know kind of fresh in my mind but yeah I
1: read fast
2: <laughs> it doesn't feel like that but, <sighs> but yeah but um so it's and I don't know so this is, this is kind of the second version of it is that right
1: yeah like um it was the first book I wrote I did hire an editor. Um. I didn't hire, um, like, I was on Reedsy.com, and and you can hire, like, anybody you want. And, um, you know, some people are charging two cents a word and three cents a word or whatever. So I was thinking, like, that's two, three grand. uh, And um, I don't even know who these people are. You know, I could be throwing money in the street. So I hired somebody for, I think, 900 bucks, and it was probably more of, like, a you know, uh, not somebody that's going to say, take this chunk out and move it over here. Or, you know, like a, I, I don't know the terminology, but more of like a typo and kind of thing. And I did get some feedback from her. Um, I read, read it, read through it myself four times. I, uh, I had beta readers and, um, then I, at, at a certain point you know, I was even finding errors after after the editor like looked at it and stuff, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to release it, and then I did, and then you, then you're off, right? The reviews were good, and um, then I start writing the second one, and um, finish it, and then um, the Nightworms book party came around, and which was like, you know, the big leagues, and I. I'm very grateful to everything that she, Sadie put me in uh, in Scream magazine. Uh, I
2: know that's she,
3: huge. That's yeah,
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to knock it out of the park for her and I I got 3 stars which people say, you know, that's good and and I do believe that and and I loved like obviously I wanted 5 stars, right? And I'm not I'm not going to argue with the reviewer cuz I don't believe I, I should even I just don't want to sound ungrateful at this point. Like, I'm very grateful. And I'm like, okay, um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read it. So I start reading it. And I'm like, whoa, you know. I I, I believed that uh, she was right and that I had improved going into the second book. And I don't remember where I was. I might have even been into the third book at that point. So um, – I I chopped it up, you know, and uh, just made it like a a leaner edit. So that's why I wanted you to read that uh, instead of the the younger uh, me writing. (laughs) So anyway, Sadie, thank you very much. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here, but very grateful. And uh, I think she saw maybe, hopefully, I'm going to just – you know, I'll say diamond in the rough, but that's kind of bragging, and I don't mean to. Um, but yeah, that's why you got two versions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she her her review was very complimentary. It was very because um, I you know I read that I read all the Nightworms reviews when they came out, and yeah, I mean I I think you took that correctly that she you know. She saw a lot of promise and was very excited for book two. And I, I'm, you know, I, I'm i with you. And I I, <laughs> I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, you know, it's not shooting yourself in the foot to say, I really hoped for a five-star review. You know, I was kind of disappointed not to get one, but I'm so grateful for the experience. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to say, you know. Plus, and,
1: you know, it's not built into that, what you just said. That's totally true what you just said. But the the amount of time and energy it takes... Um, I think, as an independent, uh, as an indie, to get her attention is, uh, you've got to be, you've got to have the patience of a dead man, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but you you really do. Like, I tried several times, same with Shane, and I totally get it, because this is another thing I have, like another observation of, of what we deal with, um, and maybe it's just indies. But, like, a small press has the benefit of, connections and if you see something coming out from Silver Shamrock you're going to be like oh give me that because it's been edited and vetted and and I know there's a lot of crap out there too from people that don't go through small press and um you know help me out I'm just lost my train of thought
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh hard to get the attention
1: Oh yeah, just trying to get her attention and anybody's attention because there are some bloggers that just say um, I am not, I don't read from ind- indies, you know that kind of thing. So anyway, I, I, I through George through the Book Monster, I did get her attention and I had her attention and then you know obviously I wanted to hit a home run and um, I think I did good enough. I'm very happy with with what happened, but obviously you know like you said. You, you just want to do your best when you're on the highest stage, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, again, this and this is, a, did you, if you listen to the, you know, the Mailerman uh, podcast that went up Friday, um, I thought that was something that was so useful that he said about, you know, that when you write your first book, there's all this pressure on yourself because it's the only one out there you know, and, and there's just so much that you feel like you have to put into it and you have to achieve all these things immediately with that one. Um, and have you found, you know, that as you put the other ones out that they are, that it felt like less pressure on that one that you felt more comfortable?
1: Well, there was a little bit of pressure because, um, I accumulated some fans, like you were talking about, like, you know, people read your stuff and they like it. Like I've got a like a, a Facebook page, I know a lot of you folks don't like Facebook, but it's been pretty good to me, and uh, people are like, when's it coming out, so I kind of felt like a little bit of like, you know, I got to get going on this, and I started counting how many words I typed every day and everything, um, so there was a little bit of pressure that way, but for the first one, no, I... I, I Like I said, I went through it myself four times. It took about a year and a half. I know yours took nine years, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's crazy. I mean, you know, I don't know. You must have just been doing other things, right? I mean, you weren't working on that for nine years straight, right?
2: Uh, There were definitely, you know, there were two years of a hellish job that (laughs) I'm sure I didn't write a thing during that time. So, okay.
1: Well, I, I worked on like a year and a half, like full-on, like, I was into it, I was having fun, you know, like, I, I enjoyed it, I, I would go to bed thinking, um, I started with a scene, and then I, I didn't know where things were going to go, I, I'd never been, like, what do they say, like, you know, one is, like, you're looking from from overhead, and then the second one is, you're kind of, like, on street level, and I made an outline, kind of like you you make, right, you're an outline person? Absolutely. Right, and I thought what uh, Stephen Graham-Jones had uh, a Pretty cool quote about like what gardeners and architects, that kind of thing. Like, are you a gardener? Or are you an architect? I thought that was a cool quote. Uh, I think I'm an architect. And uh, so I, 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 you know, I planned everything out. Then I got, I had to like go to bed thinking about, well, geez, um, she's gonna kill herself and she needs to be buried. How does that happen? You know, that you remember that part of the book. Um, that was fun. So I, I worked on it hard for like a year and a half. And I, I took my time because I figured like I have all the time in the world. Nobody's even expecting me to write a book. So like I guess I disagree with, with Josh in that regard. I, I don't – I mean he's written 33 books, right? How does he remember yeah. his first one? <laughs>
2: uh, I mean I think he remembers the process, you know, yeah. and, and I will say – at, I haven't written anything like 33, but um, Whispers was a lot more uh, finagling and and much less straightforward than, than Crossroads was. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know whether it's I, I, I felt I felt like there was a lot in what he said about that in, in large part, too, because, you know, well, like you said, you you wanted you wanted this to be a big splash. You know, you you wanted to, to jump in there and and make a big impression with it you know which is perfectly reasonable um Absolutely. and you know and it's I think that that's a way the way that a lot of us look at it you know so it's like I've I, in that way I feel like there's a lot of pressure on on a first book from that standpoint and just as you say you know you wanted to you wanted to hit a home run while you were on the highest stage um so I you know but, but then right. there's also the fact that this is a, a series too. So, uh, you know, I guess all of them are certainly interconnected in that fashion.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually a trilogy. So it's done. Um, I'm not going to write like a number four or anything. Um, but yeah, what I didn't expect was, like I said, I thought it was just me and Stephen King and nobody else, you know, like I thought <laughs> <laughs> people were waiting for me, you know, that kind of thing. i I'm, exaggerating but um, but I didn't expect to run into a situation where um, nobody really reads and I'm I'm not talking about you folks but like in in real life there are very few readers like people are on their iPhones uh, they're watching TV whatever like I mean even in my own family like my wife's not much of a reader and and I'm not I don't think that's a, a bad thing I just think they're they're probably the um, extroverts you know and we're the you know, more introverted and like our time to peck away at the keyboard, kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, nobody reads. So the Sadies and the you know the 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 book mommies, book mom, you know the the bloggers, everybody, uh, they they have a, a rack, a literally a rack of books. You know, like they take pictures of their their book racks, and I'm like, oh my god, the, no wonder they're rock stars because nobody's cranking out that kind of output like, like, uh, like they are, you know, like we need them and, and, and there's fewer of them than there are of us, of writers. So I wonder if that hurts horror in itself, you know, that we need more, more reviewers or, uh, and another thing too is like you release your book and I didn't make this up, but I read it on that 20 books to 50 K, uh, group and Facebook, that your book gets about 30 days, you know, and then it's kind of like then it just settles in and it's, uh, you know, it's off the charts or whatever. And, and um, you know, then you write your next book, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's that short a time, you know, I think.
0: Yeah, that's the nature of marketing, though, in a way. And part of it is the focus of marketing because you're spending so much time marketing the one thing, and you've got this... I talked to, I think, Danger Slater about it, Um, especially for an indie. You've got kind of this four- to six-week window of about two or three weeks before and two or three weeks after where you can generate the interest and the pre-orders and things like that. But... Let me um, uh, follow that up with the fact that you can also, and this is not me tooting Anki's horn or anybody else's horn, but I would guess that Laurel's sales improved some after the community started pimping it, after she started talking about it on podcasts and things like that. Yes. And people like myself and other you know, high profilers like Rich and, you know, everybody in the business basically in the indie side was just raving about the book all of a sudden. And I'm I don't I don't know that I would have to speak for myself. I would I couldn't speak for her rather, but that's what I kind of assume.
1: Yeah, that's well, that's you got definite. her. You know, I mean, not not that you got her doing this, but I mean, no, Josh Malerman Mallerman, uh, you know, wrote wrote a quote for for Crossroads. I. I'm so happy for you. Like that. That thank is. Thank you. I am thank not you. jealous. I'm just like, like good for you because you are a sweetheart. Like you are. Oh, thank you. Honestly, no, I, you are. Everybody likes you. You know, it, there's nobody that doesn't <laughs> like you, and um, you deserve it. Um, but but that's so great that that he wrote that for you, and um, you know, I just uh, good for you. I appreciate you that. A, thank you. Cut you off.
2: Oh no, that's uh, I, I was just I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's sure. that was a that was a big you know that was a big deal. Um, and it's one of those things that I, I feel like Jonathan Jans in particular has been really vocal. And I think he he was one of the first uh, maybe indie horror authors that I picked up when I came to this community. And he's very um, vocal about being supportive of of those that come behind you. You know yes, because. Yeah, because I, I know he ha- he got a lot of support from Brian Keane, for which he's he's very you know grateful and and Keen always says you know pay it forward, um and yeah.
1: that's that's is Jonathan Janza an indie? Uh yeah I, yeah I guess really? he, cause wow. uh,
3: yeah. Well, you because it's yeah it's Flame Tree
0: it. technically through Flame Tree now they're they're associated <laughs> with a Big Five so he's technically Big Five now but he's been indie for yeah. years before that.
1: Ah, okay. It's hard to tell who's Indian who's not, to be honest with you, at, at this point. For me, anyway. Um, and I think I'm going to, you know, I'm working my ass off, like, trying to... I'd rather be doing a little bit more writing, or, or at least just see what, what, it, what it's like to go um, through the traditional way. So I think I'm going to try that next time around, you know? I mean, why not? I'm not here to waste time, you know? Like, 54 years old, I'm not going to... You know, I don't want to make, you know, a little bit of off each book per month. You know, I, I, I'm going actually, I am I would love my books to be made into movies. And I think that if um, the crap they're putting on Netflix, you know, is any indication that not only my books, but, you know, Whispers in the Dark could be a movie and many other books that are in our, our community could be a movie. So um, why not try, you know having a press behind you and uh, and getting their uh, their backing and, and uh, maybe you'd get more, like you did, you know, get more reviews, get more more of the people behind you, uh, that kind of thing. I yeah. think I'm to yeah. try that out. Well,
2: that's, that's awesome. awesome. Well, and that, well, that, that like, gives us a good uh, segue to, to kind of get into talking about your work. I You know, I want to ask you some about what you're working on next, but let's let's not skip over Mildred. I don't think she'd be happy with us.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Do you have
4: a question or you want me to, yeah, I, I kind of have one. Um, go ahead. Uh, like for, excuse me, kind of, you had mentioned, like I read in the back that you like lived in the farmhouse that the story was based on. And I was kind of curious if, it was just that you knew that setting so well. Was there like something, you know, kind of weird about like when you lived there that maybe inspired, you know, like Mildred? Like, and I guess this is a bunch of questions wrapped into one, but you know, do you kind of believe in that stuff, the supernatural?
1: I don't believe in it. Um, I just love it. I just, I mean, I'd like, I love. I just, I was just before this, um, before I got on the mic here with you, I was just watching um, Disney Plus. And, uh, there's a show about Imagineering and how they, they built, uh, like the Haunted Mansion for for example, and, um, and roller coasters and so forth. And one of the guys said this, this equation that I, I was like, wow, that's just like writing horror. And it was that fear minus death equals fun. And that's what I like about writing horror. You know, I think that we're not going to die when we read we read a horror story, um, we're going to be scared, and it's fun to be scared. So um, the setting is, yep, that was the setting. Uh, it, like it was a 23-acre um, farmhouse. The only thing that was not true about it was there was no turret on the house, like the uh, the, the, the circular room. Um, uh, but there was a grove in the woods. There was a pond. And uh, the, the picture in the front of the book was actually taken from google earth and i just doctored it up to make it look more uh make the road look more rural i put some fake trees and stuff in there um but um yeah the the setting was that way uh why did i put things there i don't know like i would i it really was 1971 when i lived there too um so i was between five and nine years old when when we lived there and um I don't know if this has anything to do with it my but my folks got divorced when we lived there um, but I do remember like roaming that property and um, you know catching bullfrogs down at the pond and that kind of thing and it was an old house it was it really was built in eighteen sixty and uh you know it it was just a perfect setting I thought for for the uh for a horror story so I, I wanted to put a couple of gravestones in that last row of the grove, and uh, I thought that – I'm like, yeah. I, I'm always I'm, – I'm after eerie and chilling, and, and I know Laura likes ghosts too. Um, I love ghosts. I think yeah. ghosts are number one, and then distant second is maybe witches, and, and I don't know if I – I don't know if I'll ever write a monster story or anything like that, but I love ghosts. Did, it, did that um, answer the whole question, Rich?
4: Yeah, yeah, and that, that was kind of – you kind of mentioned another thing that I was going to ask you is, like, I know, like, you had mentioned that in your Twitter bio about, you know, kind of going for, like, more of an eerie thing and, like you said, kind of ghosts over monsters, and I was just curious, you know, what kind of – have you always gravitated towards that sort of thing? Cause like, I know sometimes like writers, they'll write, you know, kind of a certain story, but they might have a bunch of different, you know, interests within horror, you know, like they might like some really like extreme stuff, but you know, that's not necessarily what they write. Like kind of is your style of what you write kind of the stuff you seek out to as a reader.
1: You know, I don't know the answer to that because, like, I have an, an idea for the next two books, but I, beyond that, I don't really know. And I, I just kind of go with what, what, um, you know, if I see something and I go, ooh, that, you know, that's creepy, um, then I will be like, yeah, I need to, you know, build something around that. But it's really, you know, it comes from a feeling, like a physical feeling, like, whoa, that, that is just that, you know, there's like a certain, um. You know, I think I wrote it in the book, like a morbid curiosity about, you know, uh, let's just say, like you know, Ground Zero or Pearl Harbor or where Kennedy got shot or, or something like that, you know. And and yeah. sometimes I'll I'll feel, you know, I'll, I'll be like, damn, it was right here, and and I, you know, I, I'll get a feeling, and and uh, that that is kind of like where it goes because I I think there's a um, a scarcity of of that goosebumpy feeling, and I'm not talking about the goosebumps that you grew up with right? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that era. <laughs> I was I was too old. But um, you no, know, really, when the hair you know goes up on the back of your neck or your, or your arms or whatever, that, like that, I love that. I, I mean, you know, uh, like um, the sixth sense is just I don't know if people consider that horror or not they should I think but that is one of the creepiest movies like I mean I just remember being on the you know edge of my seat like when the girl's puking in the tent and you know he, he wakes up to go to the bathroom at the beginning of the movie and and he, you know you know he's gonna see something and I don't know do you, do you how do you guys feel about that Like I think there's a like there's a lack of that in a lot of the books like if you write a monster book, I don't think you're going to get that. Um, a witch think, book, maybe, maybe if she's creeping down the hallway, I don't know. What do you think?
2: I think that it's one of those things where, and, and it's, I, I'm with you in the, in that like ghosts are, you know, ghosts are my favorite and I'm, and definitely I consider the sixth sense of horror. That's a great, great ghost story. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that's gotten my eyes opened is reading a lot of these books. Um, I wasn't always super keen on monsters, but, um, the Ritual, um, and also... I saw
1: that on Netflix. I need to watch that again. Oh, I, it's
2: so good, yeah. And the book um,
1: is obviously better, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, i got to write that one down. Uh, I've read so many Creature. books that you guys have told me about. Oh, what is it? The what?
2: Uh, Creature by Hunter Shea. Um, that's yep. intense. That is really intense. It's, it's okay. excellent.
4: I'm writing... To these yeah, books. I love that one. All right, The
1: Ritual, okay. Um... By the way, I watched um, the eclipse, and I think I'm on team Team Jacob. Did I, write, did, did I watch the right one? <laughs> no, just kidding. I wanted to punch Aiden Quinn. The, that, then that was, you're on the right <laughs> team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and um, I'll just throw a movie out there that I don't know if you guys have seen it. That it's on Shutter, but it was uh, it's The Witch in the Window. Yeah. Oh yeah that was great. good oh, I, yeah i saw paul trembley recommend that and then i i um, i watched it and i'm like damn this guy gets it you know and when they're talking to the woman in the chair that's it for me that's that's what i'm going for and uh i i like commented on on um on the the tweet and then uh andy mitten the the director was like he chimed in and everything and and uh was a pretty cool guy. We were DMing and everything. And and then the the kid um from the movie, like I, I liked the uh whatever, the tweet or whatever. And now what's his name? I have it, uh Charlie Tacker follows me on Twitter. So I thought that was cool too.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. That that is one that I feel like is kinda underappreciated as well. Um Shane and Rich recommended that one to me and it definitely it's it's yeah, it was uh little bit low key and then just yeah deep deeply creepy
1: yeah and simple and and cheap you know i don't mean cheap chintzy i just mean like you know it was a a story that didn't require cgi or anything and and boy that you don't need it you know it, but I, i'm taking you off the subject here now um <laughs>
4: <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um another one you might like it's not uh it's not a book, but it's a film. Like if you like that movie spring or if you haven't seen that, definitely check out spring, but spring. Yeah. It's by, uh, I forget their first names, but it's Benson and Moorhead are the directors. They did the endless too, but, um, that's like kind of a great one that kind of, you know, goes about horror in kind of a more subtle and different way. And then I just watched one last night on prime that, um, uh, One of the directors of that movie, he's an actor in this one called After Midnight, and that one's really cool. Small cast. I think there's, like, maybe six actors, but I think you would enjoy those, especially if you enjoyed uh, Witch in the Window.
1: Spring and After Midnight. Okay, got them written down. Yeah. And one other one, did you? I think it's called The Lodge. Did you watch that? Mm Mm-hmm. That was different. I I, I liked it because it was different, and I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, like it was uh you know, a trick that backfired, but it was she was pretty scary, I thought, at at, at a couple points. It didn't end the way I, I would have written it, but um I appreciated that it was different. But, well and uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was just gonna say, going back to kind of that you know, that creepy like uh grabbing, you know, kind of ghost setup, you you had quite a few scenes um you know, going that way in, in your book, I was going to, I kind of wanted to talk about the, the grandmother scene, Johnny's grandmother.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, that's funny. Uh, nobody's ever asked me that one, but you know what I kind of like equate that to, and I didn't copy it on purpose, but I equate it to the sister in, um, in pet cemetery, the, uh, I think it's pet cemetery. Yeah. It, it, where she's like, she's like a creature
2: oh um, and, uh zelda
1: <laughs> is that her name yeah yeah i don't know I, I don't know why that i draw a parallel there but um yeah to talk about like what do you want to know about that that the grandmother thing just uh do you think it was go ahead
2: well I. it was really striking because of how i mean first of all i really liked the element of johnny you know being this religious guy and he's this you know, a guy who works with his hands and everything. And he's always cutting jokes, but he also, you know, he's had this experience and it deeply affected him. Um, so I, you know, I liked that that was a more universal experience with them. Um, and I just thought that the, uh, the thing about, you know, his grandmother kind of being a really angry ghost. (laughs) Um, well,
1: grandpa wasn't nice to her. Um, so I guess he had it coming. (laughs) I, I think, you know, like, like I have a bunch of, um, like Mildred's a woman and I'm also writing about another woman kind of a thing Um, she was a woman obviously grandma there Um, I don't know if it's because I'm a guy and I've been in trouble enough with with, uh, (laughs) you know my wife or my mom or whatever but you know like sometimes with some women you don't know where they're coming from and as a guy it's kind of scary you know like um, there's guys are more you know Uh, mom could be mad at at dad and be yelling at me kind of a thing, you know, so uh, the unpredictability of that is uh, scary to me, I think, and I have a great relationship with my mom and my wife, uh, my second wife, and uh, even my first wife, I have a great relationship with now, but, and my daughter too, so, but nothing against women, but I think that the I think I'd rather. I think women make a scarier ghost than a guy. Maybe that's just personal opinion.
0: I've never heard. I've <laughs> Am never I dig a
1: hole, chain, bitch, <laughs> should, should
0: I? You know, let me tell you. Let me tell you my perspective on this, Michael. Being a year older than you, so you know more experience.
1: <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> <off. laughs>
0: uh, you should be afraid of all fucking women, not just <laughs> men. man. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh women are awesome but yeah there's something about I don't know with ghosts I, I think that trope is embraced over and over and over again be, yeah. not necessarily because they're scarier but for, there's something more haunting about them.
1: Well the the, the <laughs> hell hath no fury like a like a woman scorned is you know that I didn't write that you know and and uh Yeah. You know it's but, this, there is something to that you know you you don't want to you don't want to mess with a, an angry
0: woman. And, no. Uh, yeah. And uh, the thing is, is the like the mystique comes that you know adds that extra little bit edge to the haunting from like the woman in the white dress, and you know they're almost always described as beautiful women who've suffered a harsh tragedy, and you know, um, so I think that helps to add to that. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Anyway.
1: No, I agree. They're, they're like the Woman in Black is another one. You know, she's kind of similar. Lizzie Borden. You know, um, yeah. Like there, there's. I, I see the 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 um, the comparison for sure. But um, yeah, the um. But if I were to summarize the three books, like if you were you've read one of them, um, the first one is kind of just like a straightforward protagonist antagonist thing and with the added twist that this is a divorced guy that um really can't leave or he's screwed you know financially he's 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 already screwed because he's divorced if he leaves he's gonna you know just lose everything he's gonna lose his, his house and probably you know the majority of time he can spend with his kids so that's book one book two would be um you learn in book one that Mildred is not your average ghost and um, not your average supernatural being. I'll just say, and she's got some powers. So I, I I go back into her her life as you know, starting as a little girl and and what happened and why she got to be that way, and then also kind of finish up with. Um, tim and holly and his problem with you know he's got to get rid of this house or he's going to lose everything so that's it's almost 50 50 on that book but i give one percent to another character um whose name is andrew vaughn and uh he goes on into book three uh to help tim and holly uh finish it up and i would say that book three which is the shortest of the three is um it's kind of, that's the most action movie of the three, and it just all comes to a head, and this guy, Andrew, he's, uh, he's got his own problems, too. Um, just thought I'd interject that there.
4: And I was kind of curious, Mike, um, when you set out and wrote the first book, um, did you know that this was going to be a trilogy, or did it kind of, you know, develop afterward? After you finish the first book, well, honestly, I, I,
1: I was in, I was on that that Facebook group, 20 books to 50k, and this is like a little interesting kind of a side story. They're like, if you you'll make more money if you write a series. So uh, that was, I mean, I can't really write a series in horror because somebody's got to die, pretty much, right? I mean, like you're not gonna have yeah. a, you know, almost guaranteed have to end it somewhere. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll make a, a trilogy. And um, so I did. I, I originally thought maybe I'll make two, but I did. The middle book is the one that I was like, I wasn't originally going to go back into Mildred's, or, Mildred's origin, uh, but it, but people like it, and I'm glad I did. Like it was like a lesson to me um, to just you know let your mind go, and 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 it developed her, you know, like which is something that I probably needed practice on um as a movie guy where I'm just trying to move the plot forward and I'm missing out on the the Chad Ludski um you know beautiful touches the things that he does with his characters that kind of thing like I envy that I think Gemma Moore is really good at that too like developing characters and um making them people that you care about um so that that was like an exercise in that um and then so so yeah i did stretch it okay but i don't think i wasted words like i i kind of think i i write um maybe in the first book I, I did trim out some like i like we were talking about but i don't try to write extra words i i i want to i don't want to bore anybody i i write short chapters um i want you to be like oh well, just one more that kind of a thing and in fact, in the second book, there's 195 chapters, so like there's a lot of half-page chapters. Um, and then, <laughs> this is funny uh, to me, I was listening to that same podcast, the Deadhead Space one with, um, with Ken McKinley. He's like, I don't get why people write trilogies. Why are all these people writing trilogies? And I'm sitting in my chair listening, and I'm, like, shrinking. You know, like, oh, <laughs> shit, I wrote a, I wrote a trilogy. <laughs> what a dumbass. And uh, he's like, why didn't they write one big one and blah, blah, blah. He's like, because even Stephen King's, is it The Dark Tower? I never read that one. Is it Dark Towers or something like that? Is that a trilogy?
0: The it's Dark not. Tower? No, nah, there's, like, what, 11 books? Oh, yeah, Something like that. that, yeah.
1: I think yeah, he yeah. referred to that. Maybe it wasn't that one, but there's a. I, I think Stephen King. Has oh, a Mr. Trilogy.
2: Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes is a trilogy, I believe. Yeah. Maybe that's
1: yeah. the one. Okay. But he he's like, um, the third one didn't sell as good as the first one, and I and I I would never know that, and but I'll take his word for it. And what I'm thinking of doing now is, um if amazon will print it i'm thinking of putting out like just another version with all three books into one it'll probably look like a freaking brick (laughs) but (laughs) i mean what the hell i'd like to keep it in the spotlight and and uh people do seem to like it and if they don't want to you know i'm not making tons of money off it anyway so why not just you know i'd like to get it in front of as many eyes as possible and if that's uh one way that you'd like to read it in a big, like, it-sized book, then uh, I might do that. So, yeah, I, d- I did kind of stretch it, but I don't think I wasted words.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's a risky thing for uh, for an indie author, especially if you self-publish, to publish a book that big. Pretty much you're the only one who's ever going to put eyes on it if the person reading it hasn't heard of you.
1: Yeah, you think? Like Yeah. It's, uh,
0: yeah, yeah if I, if I don't I was, know you and you hand, no matter how interested I am in your book or how many friends have told me, if you hand me an eight hundred dollar, eight hundred page novel and I've never heard of you, it's gonna hold my door open in the summertime. I'll take it. No, I'm just
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I just keep hoping that maybe it's um they I talked to Amazon about it and they're like nope it's gonna be a new ISBN and you start over with your reviews and everything and um, you know I would probably leave the other ones up and just you know it just be another option and if they want to buy it that way they want they, they can and it's not gonna cost me anything I don't think you know just for uh, maybe a, a new cover or something Well, but, and that's,
2: um, it's kind of like the um, like the I don't know, like when they do like the, thund- the Thunderstorm uh, special editions or, you know, like uh, Devil's Creek had the hardcover come out. I mean, yeah, I did if...
1: you get yours? I saw that. I didn't.
2: I, <laughs> I, didn't. I yeah, It was kind of a you... perfect storm of timing. My my son woke up right before I pulled the trigger and I didn't realize it was <laughs> that like 15 minutes would make that much of a difference. But it totally did.
1: Wow. I got the autographed one and, and, and I did buy the, the – uh... The Kindle one too, because I'm I'm almost through with that. But uh, yeah, I didn't even know about that. I but you know anyway, it, nice job for Todd.
2: Yeah, but yeah. it's the same kind of principle with like uh you know having the different releases like you're talking about. And Shane was a has Tony talked about doing a full set of the fearing
0: um tony would rather not talk about the fearing at all <laughs>
3: yeah. um, i think
0: that was more like uh our wish half <laughs> and i discussed it on one of our podcasts i think you guys were in on that too um yeah. that he would like to, but he also said that Tony doesn't like to hear the words "the fearing" used in conversation. So. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, so bad Maybe. example, Mike. But if
0: <laughs>
1: if that were to happen, it would have been a great example.
0: It would have been. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Is Tony the publisher? I i I'm, again. I don't know anybody yet.
2: Yeah, sorry. That's Tony yeah. Rivera of Great Matter. Uh, okay. Price. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, uh, just to take a half step back, like we were talking about reviews, I, I would lose the reviews if I printed a new one and you were, you talked about it earlier. Um, you know how you get reviews is, um, you know, you do a Goodreads giveaway and they cost money. They cost like 119 bucks, but you get a bunch of them. I mean, you give away a hundred books and you get them. And, um, another thing is the blog tours, you know, like I love those. It's great. You know, you'll, you'll you'll pay whatever, 75 bucks or something like that for, for a blog tour and you'll get a guaranteed 12 reviews, you know, I mean, and it matters on Amazon how many reviews you have. And I think that's another thing that, that people aren't doing. But anyway, half step aside there on that.
2: <laughs> I think all of that's really good information. though. again, like I said, I feel like that's really something that you brought to the community is this conversation about it and just, uh, you know, because you... It, When we've talked to Ken and, and, you know, this comes up with Ken McKinley, that it's like he he has a love of horror and, and I know he writes as well, but he also has, you know, the brain of a businessman and that's how he runs his press. So it's like, you know, you write the books and you put them out there, but then you also then you put the sales persona on it. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's valuable because, yeah, I mean, some of it is stuff that some of us don't think of doing or you know, it's, you, you try different stuff and it's, it's just, I, I, I think it's invaluable. I think it's a valuable experience.
1: Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be your guinea pig. <laughs> I'll be the one that spends 500 bucks a month on Amazon for three months in a row, shutting off, you know, keywords like a madman. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, it sucked, man. Like there, there's been a lot of, you know, I, I think it will pay off in the long run for that experience. But, um, it's fun to compare notes with uh, with uh, folks that have gone the traditional route, for sure.
2: Yeah, you know, I like, there's, there's, I mean, like when like we talked about, it, I feel like there there were just, I feel like there's just a lot of reasons to for any of it, you know. I don't think that there's like a wrong choice or a bad choice. I think it's what everybody, you know, I think what it's what makes sense. It's you know, like you talked about being able to to go your own route meant that you were able to have control over it you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known what to do, um, traditionally either, you know, and as a, you know, starting out late, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to take my lumps, I guess, up front rather than reject, 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 and then be like, oh, nobody likes it. And then maybe lose confidence or something like that. Or, or who knows, maybe I would have gotten accepted. I don't know. I just wanted to, uh, yeah, I found that website that that Facebook group and and uh, decided to uh, you know take a shot but I also heard you know not to I don't want to tout that Facebook group because like I said there's bad, there's bad um, information on there and I was also listening to uh, this is horror and um, correct me if I'm wrong uh, is there a, ho- a horror writer named David Moore Do you know him?
0: anyway
4: i think i I think maybe david moody
1: yes that's it david moody yeah he was like slamming them kind (laughs) of on one of their podcasts like and and that was my first indication like oh shit you know like uh there's another uh you know i not everything they say is is uh you know the bible and and it's it, it was very interesting to hear different takes on you know, there's no, there's more than one way to skin a cat kind of a
4: thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And everybody has a, you know, it's like you can write the best book in the world and there's still going to be people who hate it. You know?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's true. But
0: just, but I mean like, as
1: far as like marketing advice, you know, you can, you can be a, um, a door knocker, you know, vacuum salesman, or you can be, you know, classier than that kind of a thing and i think that's what
0: yeah. you yeah oh yeah yeah i agree yeah
1: um did you have another question right away because i could go into uh what i was what i'm writing if you want to well,
3: yeah,
0: well i think absolutely. that was the yeah i think that was the initial question that we sidetracked the fuck out of laurel on Was <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's next <laughs>
1: well um you know, without giving away the – I'm not a very, very fast writer and I'm I'm also um, – what I'm doing is I'm taking on two books at once because what I want to do is um, I want to write two books that are not repetitive but overlap a little bit. Um, one of them is a brand new story and then the second one kind of mixes – some of the characters from *The Patience of a Dead Man*, with the 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 uh, couple of the characters from this fourth book, I'll just call it Book Four. Well, actually, you know what? I'll give you like a little um, in the in the in honor of of Haley Piper, who had the best book acronym ever with T. Pong. Uh, <laughs> I, I I have an acronym for you if you want an acronym reveal. Which really means nothing, I realize. But it's TG, the number five, MU. So I have a number in mind. So take that, Haley. <laughs> Still not as cool as T Pong, but it's a twist. So anyway, that's my book four, that one. And uh, I want to write the two at the same time, overlap them, not have them be repetitive like, you know, a, a Groundhog Day kind of a thing, and use a character from The Patience of a Dead Man in book five which we'll call right now so if that's a little confusing i apologize but um in i'll give you another like little anecdote in preparation for writing book five and and book four because i'm writing them at the same time i called up a a funeral home in uh in new hampshire like because i found them online like it's a pretty cool looking building and, uh, if you want, I'll, I'll, tell you what it is if you're in front of your computer. But, um, I went and I asked them for a tour and they, the guy was awesome. And I, I took a tour of this funeral home and it's like this old, I don't know architecture very well, but it's just, a, it's an old building. I think it was built in like 1853 or something. And like, He says he's had mediums go in there for, like, a funeral, and they're like, "Um, you know, somebody's upstairs right now. You know, like, they'll see ghosts and stuff. Oh, wow. So it was kind of intense, and I got to see everything in this place. Like, I went up in the attic, and it's this gigantic attic. It's got, like, a servant's quarters. It's, you know, creepy as hell. And then he took me down into the embalming room. And he taught me all about, like, embalming fluids and stuff. And, uh, like, he's like, hey, this, this is what you use if, you, you know, you find a body in the snowbank. And uh, I'm like, damn. Uh, and he's like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to, like, show up at a scene like if there's been a car accident. You know those, those guardrails on the highway? They, they're like knives. Sometimes you got to go looking for the parts in the woods. And I just got so many little oh, stories God. out of this guy. That, you know, like when I finally write about this character, that, you know, now I have somebody I can refer to. And I just thought that was pretty cool. You know, I I was glad I did it. And, um, you know, I look forward to writing about, you know, what the creepy things that can happen in a funeral home. So the (laughs) first one, um, the main idea I told... Patrick and Brennan on Deadhead Space. It's, it takes place somewhere cold. Brand new characters. <laughs> then, the, then the fifth one is like a blend of of um, one character from the Patients of a Dead Man and or not not the Patients of a Dead Man book one, but some of the later books and uh, and book four. So that's what I got. You know, in a very long winded answer.
2: Well, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you've got really a lot so so are you working on those two simultaneously
1: yeah like i used to like keep a log of word counts and stuff and i'm I'm like you know what i don't want to do that like i I just want to make a good story or two and i don't want to put a pressure on you know you didn't write enough words today and you know you didn't write today or whatever i just want to it's weird like it again i'm getting i'm so new at this that um, you know, the, the second book, I, I already had a universe set up and the third book was the same universe as well. And it was easy to to crank out words, you know. But then when you have to start with a new setting and new characters, I forgot that it takes a while to set it all up and get it going. So I just don't want to rush that, you know, that kind of a thing. And if I go out and, and um, you know, start submitting and, you know, maybe get an agent and all that stuff – um, which I, you know, I plan to do cause I don't want to, I don't want to do it half assed. You know, I, I want to do as well as I can do. Um, you know, it may be a while and whatever, you know, it is what it is.
2: Well, and patience is such a, is such a huge thing in this business too. It's like, I, you know, there are times that I get so antsy about, you know, cause I'll see other writers will come out with multiple books in between. You know, when I do, and I think like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm really missing the boat. But, yeah, I mean, pay, patience is huge in this business.
1: Yeah. And you obviously have, you know, a two-year-old and, and uh, you know, you have to kiss his boo-boo and, and all that <laughs> stuff. <So. laughs> <laughs> That's <is> funny. <laughs> I was going to say at the beginning, you know, if you if one of you asked me to kiss your boo-boo, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Cause I'm one of the 12. <laughs>
2: that's uh that boy is he is maniacal
0: yeah
1: Yeah, he's uh, i I love the stories i think it's hilarious
0: (laughs) yeah shane is sitting here dead silent because i'm gonna get myself in trouble i can think of so many bad (laughs) shit to say right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I got a couple other like sh- you know, quick hitter kind of things that I thought about that um, you know kind of business business related. It, it, you know, and, and stop me if you want to ask any more questions about anything. But like things that like observations from the new guy. Um, uh, I already talked about Goodreads giveaways, but why aren't there more audiobooks? You know, like I I make my books are made into audiobooks on this company called ACX and I'm not promoting them. I mean, I guess I am, but I don't mean to. And it, you know, you just split the commission with the, with the, the voice guy or voice person. And, um, you know, then you, you get it like a, you know, another little check every month kind of a thing, you know? So I, I think that's something that, um, it doesn't cost you any money up front to do. And, and people should be doing that. I don't know why they're not. Um, Let's see. Oh, another thing is listing books like on Amazon. I know you don't have control of your dashboard, but like when you do list your book, it gives you two categories you can list your book in. But there are so many horror categories that you're not showing up in. And you can email them and you can – first of all, you got to figure out the path. And if anybody wants this stuff, just send me a message and I'll send you – the, the categories that I ask Amazon to be listed in. Like, for instance, American Horror. Uh, you're not given that choice when you when you put your book online. And, like, right now, my book, you know, I, I think I sold two books today. Like, it's, I'm not lighting, lighting the world on fire, but I'm number, uh, I don't know, I think it was 95 or something in American Horror. And why not? Oh, 98 right now. I just checked, you know. And why not? It just looks nice. Right. I mean, and it just takes an email. So just that's an idea. Um, And that's about it. Just a couple of quick hitters there for you.
2: No, that's that's good, because especially, I mean, I think like with the, you know, with the Amazon categories, that's not something that is, you know, is always clear. I guess you just assume that you get assigned to whatever categories you're supposed to be in. But but, yeah, I mean, if you're able to, you know, have a nice little bestseller ribbon. Um, your chances of that are increased by being in multiple categories like that.
1: Yeah, again, it's probably not going to make you rich or anything, and it's not a you know a life changing idea, but just just something I've noticed that that you need to con- you know it, it's it's too bad you have to contact them to do that. But um, anyway, but um and then um, obvious, another thing too is your your married last name is Wells, which is the same as Mildred's, which I thought was a <laughs> Uh, I noticed cool that. Yeah. <laughs> coincidence. And uh, oh, you anybody go to conventions? Like, I know we don't have any conventions right now, but do you plan on going to StokerCon or anything?
2: I'm going to try. Yeah. I if things are I feel like my standards yeah, for the um, whole COVID thing might be higher than, like, say, the governor's. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, <laughs> oh, I, Exactly. Well, yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go if it's, they'll cancel it if it's not safe, you know, I would think. I mean, everything else got canceled, including the Merrimack Valley uh, Halloween Book Festival, which happened right in my own hometown. Uh, I never even knew about it. It was another, you know, ignorant thing about being new. Um, But Christopher Golden is from here. And, uh. And he throws this thing in the in the Haverhill Public Library and uh, had to cancel it, and that was kind of a bummer. I was gonna, I think Todd uh, Kiesling was gonna be there, and uh, and Christopher Golden said that I could have like a table for at least a little bit of time. I don't know how long, but oh, anyway, that's,
3: that's awesome. yeah, yeah that's
1: I thought that was pretty cool, yeah. And uh, too bad that that's not happening. Um, yeah, that's it. I th- I just wanted to throw a few things out there for you.
2: No, that's oh. good. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> the convention thing just kind of kills me a little bit. I mean, it absolutely makes sense. I'm glad that they've canceled them. Um, but I think in particular where, you know, some of us are going a little bit store crazy, <laughs> it would have been cool.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
2: And the mask thing man. is
1: just, it's, it's maddening. Like, I mean, I don't, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm not going to wear a mask. You know, Massachusetts, like it just says on every store doorway, you know, wear a mask and people wear a mask and it's, It's going pretty well. I mean, we were the number three state for a while, and it's – I think they got it under control, knock on wood. But, you know, just wear a damn mask. It's so easy. You would think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) Hey, Rich, what about you? Like, you are invisible, man. Like, I can't even find a picture of you online. <laughs>
4: no,
1: I'll, you're you're broadcasting <laughs> from a
4: closet. Yeah. No, I'm I'm out there. I just for whatever reason, yeah. I when I started my Twitter, it was the horror bookshelf I'm like, oh, this is cool. Let me use my uh, Halloween uh, trick or treat photo here. Not trick or treat, but yeah, yeah, more like yeah. drinking party. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, I just I try to just keep it to like book related stuff. On there,
0: I don't Rich that. richest richest profile picture is a closet door. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, he reminds yeah. me of uh, the Chad. I I, I don't he, I still don't know how to say his last name. But the artist there that um, you know did uh, Andy Cull's thing, and he did a uh, couple. Of, he did the. Um, oh no, yeah. I, Chad
4: Worley, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He does
1: the same thing. He's got like a Halloween mask on or something.
4: And yeah, I like, wish I had a cooler story about you know being mysterious, but no, nah, that's pretty much it. I was like, oh, horror bookshelf. Let me put this Halloween photo up, and then I don't take a lot of photos to begin with, so I just yeah. kind of.
1: <laughs> well, I just you know I wanted you to know I was like you know you're the quiet one, and I was like looking for you, and I'm like hmm yeah he's a he's a mystery. <laughs>
0: Rich is the the one who tempers the insanity. He's the one who keeps us out of trouble.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: I try anyway. Oral and I have no fucking filters whatsoever. Often readily apparent. (laughs) Which I will
2: always laugh about you guys wondering if it was okay to cuss. On my first podcast. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> my first
0: question to you. Uh, do you mind a little swearing? <laughs> and then. Yeah. Weren't you
1: guys talking course. about like the the book that's called cocksucker Sucker or something too? Like. You know, oh, like, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, damn. You, that guy didn't want to sell any copies. I guess.
4: I don't know. <laughs>
2: isn't that cv Hunt's cop? isn't that cv yeah
4: yeah that which that's a great book if people haven't read it no you're thinking it's... of
0: cock block right yeah oh, yeah. Cock...
4: yeah 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 that's yeah we, we both got mixed up yeah i was thinking of cop
1: are there both there's two there's each one or did i get it wrong no
2: I'm
4: not there, that there,
1: into goodreads man i'm not gonna check
4: <laughs> no there there is a book called cocksucker that I think came out through Grindhouse, and that, but that that's like a more recent release. And then Cockblock I think was uh, was that two years ago? I can't remember. Um, but that one mm, three year or two just ago, last I year on. I think. Yeah. One sounds
0: okay. like
1: yeah. one sounds like the sequel of another. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Probably no, not <laughs> two separate ones. <laughs> yeah, Cocksucker is <laughs> by Luke Luke Mill Iron or Lucas Mill Iron. Yeah, yeah, Look, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't, I, you know, vowed to myself I would never say the word cocksucker on this podcast. So <laughs> you totally screwed me. Just cut that. it
4: out. Just cut it
0: out. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm not cutting that thing out. Oh, you mean the word?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. To be fair, that. That's a title, so I think you get a pass. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it'd be
1: censorship.
0: Um, yeah, I know. It's not censorship <laughs> when they tell me not to say fuck you in a fucking review. But it's <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, it's on, right? Still, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they no reviews, won't they?
0: I mean, you know, you can call your book the Cocksucker's Guide to Fucking Me in the Ass and it'll <laughs> they'll publish it just fine, but Is
2: that a Chuck Fingle title?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But if you but if you review that same book and say the word fuck or even ass, nah, you violated our policies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how shameful <laughs>
1: don't make no it's, sense
0: don't get me started on swearing it pisses me off <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope just uh I don't know uh, kiss the kiss the boo boo or whatever
0: Yeah, just tone it down <laughs> so Michael I, I'm getting close to the end of my rope here as far as time goes do you uh, have anything pressing you want to share with us yet Is it before time, we...
1: time for dinner you gotta start yeah. cooking. Yeah, I do that too. I'm the I'm the cook. But um, no, I don't. I just appreciate being on here. Um, I, you know, obviously uh, you had me on when I don't have like a new release or anything, and that's very nice. Um, I was a, like a little worried about having some good content for you, but we made it through. And um, you know, I'm just happy to be part of uh the the Twitter community and and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Mike. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you, and thank you for being here, sir. Have a good night.
1: All right. You too. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Yep. <laughs> Is somebody gonna hang the fucking thing? <laughs>